BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your Bed Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, December 28th, 2022 is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all the things that there is to know in the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what's going on for New Year's, everything you want to know. It's all there, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this show, it's real easy. Just go to ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Here's Ben. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling the Santo-ish Wednesday, and here's why. Well, it's day three, four, or five of COVID. I can't keep count anymore. I'm in my Airbnb in Cali, uh, so you guys are following along with this. Uh, my uh, guest today, as always, will be uh, Monroe Anderson, distinguished uh, journalist, old friend of mine, uh, getting together every Wednesday to talk politics. Uh, and uh, typical reaction uh, from Monroe uh, when I told him that I had COVID. His first question was, uh, were you wearing a mask? Uh, that's a classic response. Uh, blame the victim uh, response uh, from uh, Monroe Anderson. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to share that with him when he joins us again, because that is so classic. There's so much anguish and horror in the world at any given time. Right now in the city of Chicago, for instance, Midway Airlines is a uh, Midway Airport, excuse me, is this broken down uh, Southwest Airlines incapable of dealing with uh, the blizzard and with the surge of people needing to get places. Their planes can't uh, go from one city to another. It's a total meltdown and breakdown. Luggage has been sent to one city while a person is stranded in Chicago. And uh, uh, so it's really hard. There's so much misery in the world that's just like it's hard to feel sorry for anybody who's going through a miserable thing. So automatically you go, well, wait a minute. What did you do to bring this on? I, I need to know. I need to make sure that you are somehow or other responsible. Therefore, I don't have to feel sorry for you. Anyway, uh, so many things in my mind. I'm obsessed uh, here as I, uh, I'm in isolation with COVID. And I've been f- following very closely the situation with the con- congressman-elect George Santos. <laughs> Uh, who was recently elected uh, Congress from a district outside of New York City. We've talked about this uh, a lot in the show. Uh, Interesting development in the story that took place yesterday. I didn't talk about it in yesterday's show uh, when uh, Greg Pratt was our guest. We talked mostly local politics. Did not get into this yesterday, uh, but we will get into it uh, right now. We'll get into it right now. And then when Monroe uh, joins us in the conversation, get his thoughts on this. This is, uh, this is uh, uh, a fascinating little uh, story. Uh, <laughs> so George Santos, as everybody knows, who listens to this show uh, and uh, follows the news, uh, is a Republican who was just elected because the Democrats in New York are so clueless that they drew congressional maps that favored Republicans. I ca- must make this point because the consequences for the games that we play with politics are very real. And if you don't understand how to play the game, Democrat, you should get out of it and let somebody play, but let someone operate the New York New York City's or New York State's Democratic Party who actually understands politics. Maybe they could lend Chris Welsh, State Representative Chris Welsh from here uh, in suburban Chicago to New York to show them how it's played. Anyway, so the New York Dems approved a map that was favorable to Republicans. As a result, George Santos was elected. And as it turns out, like two days after the election or not long after the election, I forget, it was was recently, uh, the New York Times broke the story uh, that pretty much everything George Santos said about himself was false. When he was in the campaign, he didn't work for Citicorp. He didn't work for Chase. Uh, he wasn't a, f- a great, successful financier. He didn't graduate from Borough College, et cetera, and so forth. One of the claims uh, that George Santos uh, had made is that he's Jewish. Uh, it turns out he's not Jewish. And so this is one of my, like, favorite moments of this whole thing as a person of the Jewish persuasion. 
Why would the guy claim that he was Jewish? What advantage could he think there was to being Jewish? Now, there's could in his mind. You know, I've dealt with all kinds of bizarre anti-Semitism in my life. I've dealt with the anti-Semitism where people tell you things about Jews. Like they think it's a compliment, but it's kind of really a compliment. You know, it's like they go, you know, Ben, when I get a lawyer, I get a Jewish lawyer. And I'm like, what what does that even mean? (laughs) How is a Jewish lawyer like a unique specimen. Just think about what you're saying. Like, just imagine if you said that in basketball. And by the way, it happens all the time. Not with Jews, but with blacks. How many, how many times in the normal course of a conversation with just an ordinary sports fan? Like, we're just being real here at the bar. We're talking sports. And someone will say something about like a high school team or a college team. And they'll go, they need more brothers on that team. Like, what? <laughs> Dude, do you know what you're saying? It's like, I, I, what does that even mean? I, I mean something. You're saying something, but you, it's like, it's like shorthand for what you're really saying. So maybe he thought by saying, "Yeah, I'm Jewish," people think, "Oh, well, he's smart. He must be smart because he's Jewish. All Jews are smart." I don't know. Maybe they, but also there's a lot of Jewish people in the district, so maybe he felt, "I want to show a kinship with the voters. They'll vote for me, thinking I'm Jewish." You know, like someone running for judge in Chicago changes their name to an Irish-sounding name. It's because they think that's an advantage. Let's think about that for a while, people in Chicago. Why you vote for Irish judicial candidates with Irish-sounding names? This happens all the time. So anyway, he was called on. Uh, he was called caught saying he's Jewish, but he's not really Jewish. Uh, he issued the following uh, explanation. I'd love to get Monroe Anderson's responses eventually. Uh, he said, quote, I never claimed to be Jewish. I said I was Jewish. And so the distinction here, follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is Jewish, J-E-W-I-S-H, as opposed to Jewish, J-E-W-I-S-H. So one thing is like you're Jewish and the other thing is you kind of act Jewish. <laughs> How did he think this would fly? You know, and, and by the way, it's it's curious the response. There's a lot of outrage over this, but they dragged out. Let's see. They dragged out a few Jewish Republicans, like real Jewish people, like people who were actually Jewish, born Jewish, raised Jewish. That. They act, and they're Republican, which is, by the way, I find that a very weird thing. Get Monroe's response to this. I find at this stage, yes, I'm going to say this, Jewish Republicans as oddball a category as black Republicans. In the age of Trump and MAGA, I'd say Jewish Republicans are as oddball as black Republicans, gay Republicans, Mexican-American Republicans. Get Monroe's reaction to all that. So anyway, so they drag out this, uh, this Republican Jewish guy who is diehard Republican. And he says, oh, I have no problem with it. In this day and age of anti-Semitism, I'm paraphrasing, in this day and age of anti-Semitism, anybody who wants to be Jewish is okay with me. And I'm like, would you have that same reaction if it was a Democratic person claiming to be Jewish when he wasn't Jewish? saying he was Jewish as opposed to Jewish? Would you have that same reaction, that same tolerance? I don't think so. <laughs> like, everything is politics. And so this Republican, you know what? When you think about it, it's like that uh, Dave Chappelle joke. Right after Michael Richards went on stage uh, at some comedy club in uh, California, Michael Richards from Seinfeld, and just lost his mind and started saying the N-word over and over again to a patron. Dave Chappelle found himself on that. It destroyed Michael Richards' career, by the way. Dave Chappelle, sometime afterwards, went on that same stage by chance. He looked up at the background because we all saw that background. Okay. You saw that background, and Dave Chappelle, I just always stayed with me. I think Dave Chappelle is really smart in many ways. And he goes, you know, seeing this, I come back, and I, I think of Kramer. I think he called him Kramer. That's the character he plays in Seinfeld, of course. He said, I think of Kramer. And I realize, like, at this moment, like, 
I'm 80% black person and 20% comedian. And the comedian me is like, you know what, Kramer? You tried. It didn't work. The joke failed. Maybe it'll work the other time. And the 80%, of course, is the black guy. I'm outraged. So I think at that particular moment, that quote-unquote Jewish Republican was like 80% Republican and 20% Jewish. And so his response was, ah, what's the big deal? Was all about being a Republican and not wanting to lose a congressman on the eve of a pivotal, and I mean pivotal, and Monroe Anderson and I will be discussing this, pivotal showdown coming up next week when Kevin McCarthy is going to try to get elected from the lunatics in his Republican caucus as speaker. He's going to seek the votes of people who are insane including George Santos. And George Santos already has pledged to support to Kevin McCarthy. So you know Kevin McCarthy's not going to make any move to punish George Santos or kick him out of the caucus or have a recall for a new election just because he lied about absolutely everything on the campaign trail, including being Jewish as opposed to Jewish. Uh, and so that is an instance where this Jewish man who's Republican put aside, put aside for the moment, whatever feelings he has about being a Jewish person in America and gave all his loyalty to MAGA in the Republican Party. I think that exceeds anything Herschel Walker did in Georgia. I personally believe that at the moment, Monroe was like looking a little doubtful and skeptical about that. Okay, maybe it's a tie, Monroe. Maybe it's a tie. By the way, how about if you're like some Gentile person in America right now? And you're trying to figure out like what is acceptable and unacceptable based on this Jewish guy's response. You know what I'm saying? Like what is acceptable to say based on this Republican? I forget the dude's name. I wish I wrote it down. Based on his response, like what's the acceptable thing to react, way to react to something that is so just grossly, obscenely, anti-semitic i'm not jewish i'm jewish <laughs> what? what are you saying anyway one more time i have to say this new york dems heck of a job with that map oh boy heck of a job with that congressional map you designed you turn congress over to kevin mccarthy and the lunatics and you now have to deal with george Santos. Heck of a job with the map, New York Dems. All right, without further ado, Monroe Anderson joins us. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Monroe, the COVID's kicking in. Uh, so do you think I'm unfair to say uh, that uh, that Jewish fellow from the Republican Party uh, is as much of a clown uh, as Herschel Walker? You think I'm unfair to him or do you think I'm unfair to Herschel Walker? Go. I, I I think you're unfair to, to him. <laughs> I think you're unfair to him. No, no, bad, no. I I can't think of anybody uh, recently that's worse than Herschel Walker. <laughs> but I but you know but I can see where why you might think they're equivalent because not only are you Jewish. But you're also blackish. <laughs> we used to call you guys our blue eyed soul brothers, but now, since your eyes are blue, <laughs> uh, my, my eyes, since I got COVID, my eyes are bloodshot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one time they were blue. Well, that, that's a whole other thing. That There's that old George Carlin. Uh, routine that from way back when and George Carlin of course a white uh, Irish Catholic kid grew up uh, in New York near Harlem hung around when he was a kid in an integrated bunch you know and they were out in the street and it was black kids and George Carlin uh, has this whole routine about if you put a white guy in a group with black guys it's not the black guys are going to act in white the white guy will act black and that I mean, Monroe, isn't that the truth about well, life? Well, it depends on the environment. For example, J Joyce went to Yale, and most of the black men there are acting very white. I mean, well, she she even met she, she even met one guy who who 
um, wanted to date her because he wanted to see what it was like dating a black woman. <laughs> so, so it just depends on, on your which which one is the um, most powerful group or most influential group, group that you're hanging out in, and and your inclination to do that. You know, for example, the black guys who want to act white wouldn't even hang out with black other black guys. Yeah. Or women. Or okay. that. And of course, we're uh, being guilty of the same thing I started off lambasting George Santos of, because what does it mean to act white, ultimately? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, what is yeah. embedded in that acting white, acting black? So we, you and I are guilty of this right now. Although I don't think I what we did is as bad as what George Santos did. Right. No, no. George, you know, he, he was running against a Jewish candidate. That's why it was to his advantage to, to be Jewish. And I mean, that's, and that's why he even had to bring in the whole um, um, Holocaust thing. He had relatives. And he and and I don't know why he was. I think it's it's hip to be, be gay now or something. So that's why he was that, you know. And he claimed in in his lying that he was doing, that two of his friends at at that um, gay gay bar that were killed in the mass shooting, he lost two friends there, which he did not. He didn't have any friends there. But he was, you know, he was just piling on all the stuff that was supposed to make him. Um, more acceptable and vote for me because this is who I am versus that you're run-of-the-mill candidate, Democratic candidate. All right, so here, uh, no ducking and dodging on this one. I'm going to post this to you. Uh, what do you think is more offensive, in your humble opinion? Okay. To remain uh, loyal to MAGA and everything MAGA represents including it's really twisted and weird uh, adoration for Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, so remain loyal to MAGA as a black American, a Jewish American, a Mexican American, or a gay American, in your humble opinion, which is more offensive and twisted and weird? Go. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I being a thoughtful American, being a a compassionate American, any of those that, that become Republicans, that's I think all you're, screwed up. In other words, it's a tie. Right. Uh, and a thoughtful American. I'll, I'll, to that point, yeah. I must share this. I didn't talk about this at the start of the show. I didn't even tell you this. Uh, but last night, um, I watched The Glass Onion, which is on Netflix, or pretty much everyone, I think everyone in America has Netflix, or at least everyone who listens to the Ben Jarofsky show, I should say. Uh, I know you have it. So uh, The Glass Onion is the second part of the Knives Out. Uh, it's going to be a series now where they solve a crime, Agatha Christie style. I, I personally like the, um, uh, the, the movie a lot. Okay, anyway, neither here nor there. The character in the movie, the evil character in the movie is based on Elon Musk. And it's now become obvious to me that Elon Musk has become such a contemptible figure uh, in American culture that now he could be, he's like a stand in for evilness uh, in the, in the most popular movie in America, Monroe. And so uh, MAGA seeing that their guy, Elon Musk, this is how weird MAGA is, is rushing forward to condemn the movie. Okay, you follow me on this? Because yeah. Elon, they feel compelled to defend Elon Musk. MAGA has lost its mind. Yeah, I know, because he's one of them. If you, I don't know if you remember this, but several months ago, my response to Elon Musk was, never trust a white man from South Africa. And I've been to South Africa, so I know. <laughs> Uh, as I always say, you, this you point, hear, use you know, your opinions of Monroe Anderson, and not necessarily reflect those of the Ben Just go ahead. If you if if you you listen to Trevor Noah, who had a white father, and 
he has he he has a joke line that he talks about where he didn't like his father because he thought his father was too um, distant and and unfeeling and what have you. And then he he went to uh, Switzerland, mm-hmm. and his father is Switzerland, and he realized. His father wasn't, wasn't he's just Swiss. <laughs> His father is just Swiss. Uh, but anyway, there is a line in the movie. I'm not giving anything away when I state the line. Uh, so one of the characters in the movie is uh, a, a so-called uh, influencer, a person who goes on social media and says outrageous things, gets uh, people mad, mostly uh, liberals uh, and lefties mad. And then she just claims, um, I'm a truth teller. Some people can't uh, handle that. To which another character responds, it's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth and i'm like wow yeah that's a good lie that's a very good you know that is an excellent line i think the movie's worth watching just to see that moment uh where that exchange takes place i've been thinking about that line a lot um you know you just you say something utterly offensive and nasty and mean uh, people are offended. You go, oh, I'm just speaking the truth. And no, no, you're just saying something nasty and mean and stupid. And, right. Uh, there's nothing truthful and, about and, it. And, 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 and um, that's, that's Trumpy-ish. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, and that is a perfect transition uh, to uh, what I wanted to talk about today. I do want to get into some Trump stuff. Uh, Trump's taxes will be released on Friday. And uh, next week, uh, Trump's legacy will be on the line uh, as his allies take regain control of Congress. Uh, they'll be trying uh, to do that uh, on January 3rd when uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, has the vote for speaker. Uh, I don't know if I can blame the utter total breakdown of Southwest Airlines uh, in, in the, on Trump and MAGA. Uh, that'd be a stretch even for me. Uh, let's start there. <clears throat> uh, can you f- figure out any way to blame that on MAGA or should we just uh, are there other things at stake with the utter total breakdown? of the operations at Midway Airport in which they couldn't get planes in and out. They couldn't get people out of the airlines, but somehow or other they got luggage sent to other cities so people were stranded without their luggage. You can blame, you cannot blame it on MAGA. Okay. But you can blame it on Reagan. <laughs> Reagan, with his trickle-down economics, um, made greed good. And so Southwest, instead of in, in investing in uh, more efficient uh, computer equipment, so they could have notified their pilots and their, their flight attendants that they were needed at the airport and to come on out. We got these planes that we got to deal with. Uh, they couldn't do it. And so while uh, United, which is here in Chicago, as you know, had um, had to cancel 1% of its flights, Southwest had to cancel 72% of its flights. And that's just in, in, in terms of, okay, um, let's make our stock as attractive and make as much money as we can, which is much, and, and, and of course, MAGA sometimes is influenced by that thinking, but they got all, it's a crazy, crazy um, mindset. So I, I can't explain MAGA. No, it is part of the MAGA uh, core. There's no doubt. Uh, and that's an excellent point you raised. The, the whole notion um, that uh, greed is good, and the whole notion uh, that if you're fabulously wealthy, uh, you must be doing something right. Right, and you're smarter than everybody you're else. Smarter, yeah. you're, you're, you're yeah. rich. Yeah, uh, 
And, and and the joke that I led the show with before you came on, uh, I think sort of applies. The joke was that, uh, you know, I'm here I am. I have COVID. And Monroe's reaction when I had COVID was, were you wearing a mask? In other words, he wanted to immediately blame me uh, for my COVID so that he would not have to feel sorry for me. Okay, that was the joke. But Monroe... Uh, first of all, it's true. The first thing out of his mouth was, were you wearing a mask? But uh, the, the um, <laughs> but the, I think that the, and the, and the second thing was going to be, did you get a vaccination? But yes, I've had so many vaccinations. <laughs> My booster card. I had to give me a new booster card. I've run out of space on the original one. <laughs> I guess. By the way, I'm going to say this a tangent with a tangent. People go, Ben, you got COVID. The booster thing doesn't work. No. <laughs> oh, my God. What I have is is like so different than what COVID was before booster shots. You follow what I'm saying? That uh, It's a really annoying cold that's forced me to be away from other people because I don't want to spread it. Right. Um, but uh, the joke is that uh, we gets at the, the point that um, if people are in need of help uh, or sympathy, you don't want to have to feel sympathy for them because you don't want to provide the help. Uh, and this is part of that cold-hearted Republican philosophy that came out of Reagan. You're absolutely correct. And MAGA has bought into it. You know, Reagan talked about uh, welfare queens using their food stamps to buy booze. That was a, a conceit that he used. Uh, and so that has just been picked up along along the way. Like, I, when I talked to really... Uh, when I talk to MAGA, total MAGA ideologues, they always view anybody who is in need uh, as somehow other a con artist. Well, they, if you knew the real story, they don't really need help. Or maybe they shouldn't have done X, Y, Z along the way, and then they wouldn't be without a job now. Or why should I have to spend any money for them? I'm doing okay. And, and so that leads to just supporting like Donald Trump who goes, we'll get into his tax situation who dodges the tax man or uh, Elon Musk who pays at the same rate uh, as many people who make far less than, than he makes or to vote no on the fair tax initiative that just we had on the ballot uh, last year or two years ago in Illinois. Do you follow what I'm saying? So I do believe that this is a central conceit uh, for for MAGA, that they've adopted this tenet from Reaganism and carried it over into uh, 20, the 2020s. Your thoughts? Yeah. No, no that, that's that's we we haven't gotten over Reaganism yet. And now we have Trumpism and both schools of thought, if you want to call them that, or schools of non-thought perhaps, um, have had a negative impact on America. You know, had, had, um, had, 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 had um, Jimmy Carter won, we'd be much better off, I think, now than we are. And obviously, if um, Clinton won, the female Clinton, we would have been way better off than we are now. So the, the, the lesson there is be careful who you don't vote for. Because that's what happened with both of them. It wasn't that, that um, when Reagan first ran, it wasn't that everybody was in love with Reagan. They yeah. were pissed off at Carter. And when, when Hillary ran, it wasn't that they were so crazy about Trump, but they they were upset with Hillary. The Republicans had spent a billion dollars over a quarter of a century demonizing Hillary. Yeah. And it worked. Well, in um, yes, absolutely, it worked. Uh, that's And don't ever forget that, folks. It also... Uh, it worked on one level here in Illinois where they spent all those years and all those and all that money demonizing Michael Madigan. Uh, and they effectively turned him uh, into a, uh, a tool to use against uh, Democrats. But it has not worked ultimately in Illinois, enabling them to take over the state. In other words, it, it only went so far in Illinois. Um, 
Illinois, I guess, is a, a little smarter than the rest of the country. Uh, there is a pushback before we I got to tell you this. One of the advantages of uh, having COVID advantage uh, in, in uh, quotes, ironic, is that I spend a lot of time binge watching stuff uh, and because I'm in isolation. And so I watched uh, I, I, if you haven't seen this one already, Monroe, I urge you to watch it. Uh, it's on HBO. I don't know if you have that. Uh, the dropout. And it tells the story of Elizabeth Holmes and um the scam company she made, uh, uh, Theranos, and uh, how she convinced all people to throw money her way uh, with her phony um, uh, invention of, uh, of, of tracking all, testing, blood testing. Anyway, um, the, in the hero, she's, she's another Elon Musk character uh, that's uh, turned into an evil villain. But the hero... She's not in prison yet. She's, yeah. a, she's been sentenced. Uh, but uh, the hero, in an odd way, is a federal bureaucrat uh, who comes and does some testing or just does an inspection, uh, inspection of her company uh, and ultimately leads to her shutdown. And when you were talking about Reagan, uh, Reagan successfully portrayed for the Americans the notion that government is your enemy and the private right. enterprise is your friend. Right. Which is, <laughs> it's such a twisted and weird. Up is down, down is up. Uh, well, so he has spent, he, he's, he spent um, a lot of his time after his, 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 his B actor career ended um, fronting for Bor, Bor, um, Borax. Yes. It's you know selling soap basically, soap powders, and so he he really honed his um, let's let's um, promote the, the corporation skills. Yeah, yeah, he was a front man for corporate right. America, absolutely. Right. Uh, right. And uh, but listen, it was just one series. I'm not saying uh, it, it represents a huge uh, tide. Yeah, no, it, was it a documentary? or? No, it, this was a made-for-TV uh, 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 narrative. Yeah, that's not a documentary. It was a series uh, that uh, it, it fictitious uh, series based on real events. And uh, okay. so there was an actress that played Elizabeth Holmes, and she's called Elizabeth Holmes. And uh, so... Uh, there are documentaries you can watch, and I've already watched enough. I'm, I'm telling you, but you get to do a lot of binging uh, when you're uh, in isolation to know that um, they were accurate uh, in the documentary uh, in many ways. Uh, but the, like a mini hero is this federal bureaucrat. And I just, oh, my God, that's interesting. The villain is the Elon Musk, Donald Trump capitalist. And the hero uh, is the slothy federal bureaucrat. And just, okay. you know, I'm like, oh, that's an interesting, hopeful sign. Uh, because in other words, the federal, as much as they're maligned, uh, the federal bureaucracy, uh, the oversight regulatory entities of the federal government are there to protect our, us, right? right. Well, yeah, right. Um, thanks to Trump, we're beginning to realize that. Because what, what were the mega people ca calling um, the bureaucrats? Um, the I got they had a term for them. It was um, I can't remember the term now. They they used to use it all the time. It was it was the the um, I can't remember. That. Yeah, whatever. They had a derogatory term toward the bureaucrats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, they have a derogatory term toward FBI agents who, who are investigating Trump. Uh, and now anybody uh, who was anti Trump. Yeah. It has, they have a derogatory name more because, yeah. and in most cases, he's given it to them. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, folks, I understand that uh, federal regulations, city regulations, uh, state regulations can be burdensome to tr somebody trying to get something done now. I get that. I get the, the natural tension here. Uh, wow. And in a real world, there can be, uh, obviously, written many stories about, particularly in Chicago, uh, the, the, the regulators going too far. But just to get rid of all the regulators and just, let, and just rely on the Elon Musk of the world to protect right. us? Uh, right. uh, no, not a good idea. 
Uh, all right. Speaking of regulators uh, who are bending over backwards to take care of powerful people, uh, Donald Trump's about to uh, uh, his taxes are about to be released. I think you told me it's going to happen Friday. Uh, the IRS, of course, we talked about this last week, did not do uh, its uh, obligatory uh, audit of a president for Donald Trump in his first two years. Uh, we haven't gotten to the bottom of that one. Uh, you know, why they held off on uh, auditing Trump the way they audited Obama. Bro, we know why. <laughs> you don't need a lot of... Uh, and I, I, I remembered the term, and I can apply it here. This What's is that? one instance where the deep state failed us. Oh, yeah, the deep state. Yeah, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, the deep state. Uh, in the deep state, you guys. Donald Trump's in charge of the deep state, it turns out. Right. Well, you know, it, 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 when I have a fight with the, the right wingers on Facebook and they were talking about the deep state, and I, I would tell them the deep state are the bureaucrats and they've been here since 1779. They're the American government. <laughs> While you guys are trying to make them into the villains, so, you know it's. Uh, so, all right, yeah, I I believe that is another avenue of investigation, potential investigation to Trump's wrongdoing. Why the IRS held off? Were phone calls made? Did Donald Trump call IRS officials the way he called the Secretary of State of Georgia and asked him to get rid of the votes he needed to uh, go ahead of Joe Biden, throw away Biden votes? Remember, we have him on record, ladies and gentlemen, making that call. We have the tape. You can hear right. it. Yeah, well, uh, he didn't have he, he he did his mob boss thing with the IRS. Because Munchen, I think, was was um, in charge of the IRS at yeah. that time, and so he he didn't have to make the call. He could be in a meeting and just say, uh, "Bada bing, or something," <laughs> and Munchen go, "Okay, I know what to do, boss." There you go, Stevie boy. Yeah, Steve. right, exactly. Right. Take care of this, yes, sir, boss. Yes, sir, Mister Trump. Right. Yeah, so I'd love to get that investigation uh, oh, going. It, it's coming. It's coming. I, I, you can put money on that. Well, it won't come out of this uh, uh, Republican Congress. That is for certain. No, uh, but you have the Senate. The Senate can have hearings also. The Senate can have point. hearings. Valid point. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, so, all right. So Trump's taxes will be revealed on Friday. Yes. Uh, and uh, what do you expect uh, to discover that you don't already sort of know? Uh, or what do you just what do you expect to discover? Go yeah, ahead. well, we're going to discover first and foremost that he's a lousy businessman. Yeah. I mean, a lousy, lousy businessman. Uh in fact, several years ago, I, I read somewhere that had he taken the money his daddy gave him and put it in the bank, he'd be richer than he is now just through interest. If he did nothing, he keeps he keeps losing. I mean, just like he's lost as a politician. You know, you had Trump stakes. You had... Um, uh, he had a Trump monopoly game. Uh, that was horrible. Uh, he just one thing. He had his football team. Oh yeah, that didn't last. He he blew it. He 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 he, he lost money with a gambling casino. And that reminds me of back when Harold was mayor. Um, there was this uh, liquor store on the north side that was very popular. And they tried to get money to renovate the building that they were buying. And Harold Washington said, says, you can't make money on your own with a liquor store in Chicago. <laughs> and of course they didn't get the money. <laughs> I remember that actually, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the, you know, Trump, Trump has like just blown more money 
And that's that's going to show that. Um, I'm not sure we're going to see with clarity his Russian connections, mm. but they're there. They exist. I mean, it's 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 um, it's, if you just follow the dotted lines, you will see that that's there. Uh, but mainly what is going to show the thing that he hates worse is that he is a loser. Yeah. I don't, you know, that he is, he, he's not that rich and he didn't know what he was doing. And, and the Democrats are going to beat that drum. And, and here's the reality, politically speaking. Uh, so, the taxes get dropped on Friday. Yeah. There's a lot that's going to be happening. We're heading into a new year. People aren't really paying attention to the news. You still have ongoing stories, like really important stories like about the, the aftermath of the blizzard and shutdowns at airports. Uh, and then we quickly move into the new year and suddenly the big political story will be uh, Kevin McCarthy's attempt to get a speaker. I think to a certain degree, the, uh, Trump tax documents may get lost at all, but Monroe, you know as well as I do, they don't disappear. And no, 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 they're not going to get lost. They're not going to get lost. They, they will be the story at least for a couple of news cycles. Uh, they may not go as long as they would have under other circumstances, but no, the, the Democrats will make it a story. MSNBC will make it a story. <laughs> The New York Times or the Washington Post will make it a story. Um, Fox will try and cover it up and lie about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it, it will be interesting. And and Trump is, is going to come out of hiding. He's going to have to say something. Yeah, Trump is kind of like really laying low for Trump these days. Right, right. Well, he's preoccupied. <laughs> yeah, a court case here and a court case there, court case there, everywhere, court case. So, uh, God, I, I think it was Schiff who said that he he's going to spend the rest of his life in court. Yeah. Literally the rest of his life, you know, whether he, 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 he dies next year or, or 10 years from now. It's going to be court, court, court trials. Yeah, all sort. You know, yeah. for example, we don't even have the the state cases where Trump tried to uh, rig the elector, the, the um, electoral voters, elector, the the electoral, electoral college. Yeah, yeah, electoral mm -hmm. college voters. I mean, he, there's like seven, I think, states out there, wow. seven or eight, but he, where he tried to do that, Mich Michigan being the most um, infamous of them, because they they actually flew in to see him. So, I mean, it's so much. I mean, and he's, he was doing so much. He had been doing so much crooked stuff and corrupt stuff and anti-American stuff that he... He is going to become. He, he he has been successful in replacing Nixon as the, the the worst president, the most crooked. Well, of our lifetime, you're talking about. No, of history. Oh, of history. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, you go back to the 20th century. Excuse me, the uh, the 19th century. I don't know. I have to, I have to do the deep dive. The presidents who were in charge when we had slavery. Uh, that let's get back. I'll get back to you on that one. Whether the worst, um, uh, it, it, it's funny because listen, I, I, I make fun of uh low information uh voters all the time, and um, but I realize you can't expect uh, one generation to know a whole heck of a lot about what went down before they were born. That's just a reality. I make right. fun of them, but it's reality, uh, and so. I, I spent a lot of the early Trump years telling millennials, guys, this, and I would write columns about this. Like, Nixon was worse. Nixon did XYZ. And uh, I, I may got pushback from you as well. Uh, I mean, you're not a millennial, obviously, and you do remember Nixon. Uh, 
but a lot of uh, millennials just said they couldn't imagine that. And, uh, and so I would tr- retell the Nixon stories. Uh, and and yeah, then I realized well, Nixon that- was bad. But what, what, what I'm saying is that Trump has far surpassed Nixon in badness at this point, negative yeah. stuff. You know, and and um, any other American president, for the, for for that matter, because you know, fifteen twenty years ago, I I told Joyce that there were more famous people on the earth now, living on the earth right now at that time, than there were in the history yeah. of famous people. And she was skeptical of her because she likes to be contrary to my ideas as a general rule because she's my wife i guess but anyway slip with you for how many years you uh, know called survival pushing back right and that's that was that would be her her answer too (laughs) but anyway it's because of the media that's why you know, now they, they, you know, how they have these, used to have these year in important people die. Yeah. They, 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 um, CBS Sunday morning has been doing it by the week now. Wow. Notable deaths, whatever, because, because, because of, of the media and all these lies being publicized and we know about them. Some, some of us know about, you know, if we don't know about this person, we know about that. So that, we just we have more famous people alive right now than we've ever had and trump what trump did was more dangerous i mean he, he's the first president think about it, he's the first president to 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 attempt a violent overturn yeah well yeah i i'll, I'll put it to you this way while you were talking uh I, this thought occurred to me. So this is coming fresh off my mind. Always a dangerous thing. Okay. Uh, you know, because like they said at the in, in the movie, you don't want to say something without thinking first. So I've thought, I'm thinking this through as I'm saying it. Yeah. Uh, so what Donald Trump has done with his presidency in connection to Nixon, it's as though Donald Trump looked back on uh, the Nixon era and didn't say, oh, my God, that is the absolute not how you run uh, a presidency. That's not how you run a government. That's not how you behave as a president. What he did was he said Nixon screwed up in that he he quit. And if Nixon had only what burned the tapes, investigated the investigators, uh, gone on TV to denounce absolutely everyone who dared to criticize him, refused to leave, refused to follow the law, he would have prevailed. So it's like he took he learned the worst lessons you could from what Nixon did and has applied them. And he's got and this is now a debate on the Benderovsky show. I'd say 45 percent of the country. We'll yeah. follow him off the cliff. Two words. Go. Roger Stone. Yeah. Roger was Nixon's man. He was yep. his advisor. I mean, Roger has a tattoo of Nixon on his yeah. back. A big tattoo. I'm talking about one of those little, little small things on his back. And Trump listened to him. I mean, he, 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 he schooled him. And Roy Cohn. Before, yeah. So, I mean, Trump Trump has had all the worst influences because he's attracted to I, uh, Roy Cohn, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know anything about Donald Trump, you have to study uh, the the life and legacy of Roy Cohn, notorious uh, New York uh, attorney, a venomous man, absolutely hideous human being right. I, think, uh, I was thinking of him because again uh in my uh uh COVID isolation i watched a movie called the compassionate spy steve james's latest shout out steve james uh and uh, the great documentarian from chicago or from oak park and uh steve did a story his his latest movie monroe uh is about uh, a spy an american spy well a scientist who gave secrets uh, to the Soviets to, while the uh, uh, 
the American, he was working on the H, the A-bomb project, the atomic bomb project. Anyway, the point is, uh, it gets into McCarthyism, it gets into the Rosenbergs getting killed, and Roy Cohen was part, I just realized, Roy Cohen was part of the prosecution of the Rosenbergs. He has been, he was just this, like this insidious little germ inside of American political life for about 20 odd years. And Donald Trump, he was Donald Trump's lawyer at one point. And Donald Trump, again, learned every wrong lesson right. he could take out of Roy Cohn. He goes, I need more. Where's my Roy Cohn? That's what he said. Right. Uh, Jim loves to quote that. Where's my Roy Cohn? I need a Roy Cohn. Uh, and uh, so you're right. We're still in many ways we're dealing with the after effects of this stuff. You get what I'm saying? Like Reaganism, right. Nixon, Roy Cohn. Right. And it's, 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 it's uh, metamorphosized. Yes. And, and, and what Trump did was made it, made it fashionable. You know, and, uh, yeah. racism used to be like uh, under a rock somewhere. And when they said racist things, it was in code. Now it's just there. Yeah. The good thing is, the um, the these the um, proud boys and the oath keepers are going to jail. The guy, the guys who tried to kidnap the Michigan, the governor of Michigan, yeah, kidnap and possibly kill her, they got very decent sentences. Yeah, nineteen years. Yeah, no slap on the wrist for them. Yeah, no slap on the wrist for them. Uh, by the way, the one as we head off into a uh, uh, to the new year, I would like to say one of the um, encouraging signs. One of the encouraging signs at the top of the list, I would say, is what we, the resistance uh, that uh, Democrats that I usually make fun of, mock and malign, have shown, like you mentioned Adam Schiff, have shown to uh, Trumpism. You yeah. know, I have, to, I, I have to be thankful for that. True. Well, they, they finally got a wake-up call. Yeah, they got a wake-up call and they yeah. showed a backbone yeah. on, the, on this particular issue. Okay. Right. Uh, the other one is... Um, I got to give a shout out to uh, black voters and follow me on this Monroe. At some point in, in the middle of the year, I forget when exactly Republicans began putting out this propaganda. They put this stuff out and, you know, liberals get nervous and they start repeating it because they heard it on TV. They've just liberals are so scared half the time um, that they're winning over black voters, particularly black men. They began to put this out and they did this like during the Katanji Brown hearing uh, hearings. Yeah. I recall they were just very abusive during those hearings. This went over the top. Clearly she was so obviously uh, qualified for this, this, this nomination for this role. She had just been routinely approved once they did the investigatory investigation to make sure there was no like, conflicts of interest or, you know, uh, and then she'd been routine approval. But no, they use that as an opportunity to try to demean her and denounce her and uh, just like marginalize her. And she, I remember she's Republic affirmative action hire. Yes, yeah, affirmative action hire. Right. It's, it's it was Obama. Yeah. <laughs> like just like Clarence like Clarence Thomas is not an affirmative action hire. Right, right exactly. That's I mean, he he Walker is not an affirmative action hire. Yeah. You know, he's just like, what are you even saying? So they put out this propaganda. I remember dealing with it on the show, probably with conversations with you and in yeah. the column. Like somehow or other, attacking her was a part of her strategy to win over black voters. I'm like, you must think black voters are really stupid, MAGA. If you think... The way to win over black voters is to follow this tactic. Right. And these last midterms showed convincingly that it didn't work. You, you right. get what I'm saying? The, the black vote against MAGA was overwhelming. Right. Overwhelming, Monroe. Right. Now, the, 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 the thing you want to do with black voters 
is don't fuck with them. Don't mess with them. Leave them alone. And um, and they, 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 as a general rule, and, I, and I'm generalizing now, but this is, this is been my observation, is that if you leave black folks alone, let them do what they're going to do, then they won't do that much. But when you threaten them or try and take something from them, if you piss them off, look out, because <laughs> they are coming for you. And that's why this whole voter suppression has been worked the opposite of what Republicans meant for it to be. Well, Definitely in Georgia. Jackson, in, in, among black Chicagoans, was meh, except when they would attack Jesse. And then they, the, 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 the uh, wagons would circle, and Jesse had his protection. I agree. It de- and and the, it definitely was the case in Georgia. Actually, I can make this case for Arizona as well. In every swing state, this is the part that gets overlooked, in every swing state that the Democrats prevailed in, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, take a look at the black vote. Right. I call it, It's to me, it's a Harold Washington, uh, it's a Harold Washington turnout. In the Harold Washington coalition, like the, the the propaganda put out by the Harold Washington lovers is that it was this uh, kumbaya rainbow coalition. Well, white people, black people, Hispanic. I'm like, uh, no. There was like 20% white people, maybe 50% Hispanic, and then 99.9% black people. <laughs> that was black power, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah, but the, I understand, like the you know the Harold Washington wanted to put out that was a rainbow coalition. <laughs> Monroe, you and I, you come on, you know, if right. every black vote was he needed every single one exactly, and and, and in his second term, yeah, when the twenty nine had had, had uh, disrespected him and. Um, fought with him for three and a half years. The black vote turned out again. To yes, sure. he did. He did. He never got a majority white vote. No, he never. It, 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 yeah, and it, and it's so funny because white people, you are a trip because they acted like they did something benevolent in the second run in, in 1987 by not losing their minds. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, he weren't as uh, insane right. as he were in 83. Right. We still right. voted 80% against him. Yeah, right. But exactly. We're insane yeah. about it. I guess yeah, that's right. progress. Yeah, yeah, right. Chicago, as it turned out, did not become Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> Chicago did not become Detroit. And then, right. of course, Chicago. And now, you know, I'm on my feet. You know what I'm going to say? As, as soon as he died. <laughs> As soon as he died, you guys went head over heels for daily just to make sure another Harold Washington would never get elected again. And you swore your allegiance to this buffoon for how many years? How many years, Chicago? Well, they didn't go for him right away. Black people didn't go for him. I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about white people. Oh, right. Oh, I used yeah. to have white people. No, they them. were waiting. No, they were waiting. Yeah, the Daily was their great white hope. The white journalists. The white journalist referred to one one reporter who I will won't name, but he said, "Well, uh, Daly's our guy. We're gonna yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get him back in because they, the white journalists in Chicago, yeah. had their contacts in the white yeah. community and very few in the black community because they had ignored them, and so they they weren't as Greater journalists as they like to pro- pro- uh, project themselves as, when it was um, a community that they completely ignored and therefore didn't have any sources and contacts, and so they were they were dying to get a get a daily or somebody back in. Absolutely. Listen, if you're a journalist who survives off of handouts and quote unquote exclusives, right, right. You know, if that's the kind of journalist that you are, then 
if you're a white guy, you love Daly because he's going to give it to you. Right. 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 Uh, so, yeah, no, there, there, there's there's all that. I once had, I don't know if I ever told you this, Monroe. This is how uh, brainwashed white people were in Europe, in the 90s with Daly. Uh, this white liberal, a lot of lakefront liberal types were this way. And I remember this gentleman who had connections with Daly and just loved his life in Chicago and loved his connections with Daly, telling me, Ben, you make fun of Daly, but you don't realize how smart he is. He's really smart. He's really, really well read. And when you meet the real Daly, you realize how smart he is. I'm like, you guys have so freaking brainwashed yourselves. Right. You know what I mean? You, you just you want to believe so much in that what you're doing is good and right that you've just fed yourself lies and myths and you know what, Monroe, I come to realize they're not much different than MAGA people now in reality. Do you follow yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I I I I have had one on one conversations with Daly. Uh, he ain't that smart. <laughs> I mean, he's not stupid, but but I say that that he 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 smacks of C students at me. Hey man, nothing wrong with C students. I was yeah, no, nothing, right. Nothing wrong with a C student. I've, yeah. I've been a C student in and off and on during my academic career, so I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know. I saw the evidence. I saw the evidence in my room. I thought I was a smart. You know, Monroe. I, I I should write a bit about this. Uh, I I had this image of myself as being a smart kid, yeah. uh, and then I found an old report card from junior high the other day. Yeah. I mean, it was a, not the other day; it was months and months ago when I was cleaning out my parents' house. And oh my God, Monroe was all C's and one B. I think. Right. Well, you had <laughs> dyslexia too, though. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I've been battling that my whole life, but I always thought I was a smart guy. I'm like, right, right. Uh, I guess I wasn't that smart. Right. Uh, I was a C student, and then it was like Benny talks too much in class. Well, uh, some things are consistent. Benny talks too much. All right, we've we've run out of time, and I know next week when we come back, we'll have plenty to talk about with Cameron McCarthy uh, and his attempt to seize control of uh congress and whether he does it on one vote you know or whether it's going to take two votes uh you know what he has to what concessions he has to make to the, the lunatics from maga i mean monroe there's going to be a lot uh on the table when we come back next week well and the good thing about it with mccarthy is he's got some difficult days ahead. <laughs> whether he wins it or not yeah, if if he loses it, um, for one thing, um, the Department of Justice would like to, to have a long conversation with him about uh, his involvement in January sixth. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, other than the hiding under the table part of it, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, is this over yet? Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, they are going to try their best to turn Hunter Biden uh, into the equivalent of the January 6th insurrection. That'll be interesting uh, to right. see uh, in the next year. So, yeah, uh, you know, that, and that's not going to work because if Biden, unlike Trump, is for real, you know, he's a genuine, decent human being. That's that's the one thing you hear about. Him. You know, you can argue whether he's smart or not smart. You can argue whether he's senile or not senile. But very, no, nobody can argue that he's not a just a, a genuine, decent human being. Ooh, would I make that argument that he's a genuine D? I don't know. I listen. I there's something about Joe Biden uh, that I've always got a kick out of, uh, and. Listen, half the time he's talking, I'm going, oh, my God, you are such a politician. And the other half, I go, you know, you're reassuring as a politician. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's like, compared, you're right, Monroe. Compared to Trump, uh, you're very reassuring. Well, uh, and, uh, and okay, because this is the point I was going to make, mm -hmm. is that when they start attacking Hunter, yeah, his whole genuineness and his protection of his son is going to come through, and they're going to look 
horrible, horrible, oh. horrible. All right. Well, oh, yeah. They're going to expose. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're going to be playing tapes of uh, Joe Biden. Somehow they got tapes of Joe Biden's phone calls. to Hunter. I get you. I get you. Uh, I hear your point. All right. Uh, we've run out of time on Roe Anderson. Uh, stay safe. Stay away from COVID. Uh, and wear your masks. Uh, wear your mask, I should say. Uh, and I'll talk to you in the new year. Right. OK. Uh, well, yeah, it will be the new year. It will be a new year, uh, but it'll be the same old dirty politics. You can be sure of that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, new year, same politics, right? Well, we can we can watch Trump just like we saw him when he announced his, his candidacy come down the escalator. We can watch him go down and down and down and down more day in and day out. It's, it's, it's only going to be worse for him. Uh, and that will be uh, next week's show, ladies and gentlemen. Right. You can do this uh, as a tease for next week's show. All right. Thank you very much, Monroe Anderson. Also want to thank producer Chris, uh, who's sitting in for Dr. D. Uh, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Take care, everybody.